0: Well, good morning. Uh, If you're a guest with us today, uh, this season is arrival season. Advent just means the arrival, and we we partner with a number of different organizations locally and globally. It's cool to see, uh, maybe you didn't recognize Chris because we haven't talked to you about Chris yet, but that's a new partnership we have in Petersburg, Alaska. Uh, There's a church plant that's happening there. And and so when you give, uh, next weekend is actually the arrival offering. And so we collect all of uh, what we bring in together and it goes out to bless these various ministries uh, over the next year. Uh, Last year we raised over $60,000, I think, and all that money goes out to make a difference. And so a really, really cool thing to be a part of. You can give online at any point during December, but if you want to be a part of the celebration uh, next week, uh, we do it at the end of our service. The kids are involved. We all kind of bring our gifts and it's this huge party. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, Grab your Bible, turn with me to Luke chapter 1. That's where we'll be today. Um, If you are just joining us for the first time, we're nearing the end of our Advent series. Every year, we take time to look at uh, the traditional ideas of hope, love, joy, and peace. And uh, the first week, we talked about hope. And the main takeaway from week one was that hope is experienced where? In the presence of God, good. Some of you are paying attention, that's great. Uh, last week we talked about love, that we live in a world that's kind of confused about love because we've lost kind of foundational truths about who God is, but love was manifested in the person of Jesus and we don't actually have to question what love is because God is God is love. Uh, this week we're gonna look at the topic of Joy! Everyone say joy. Joy. All right. Nice. (laughs) Ironically, uh, at the beginning of this week, I had a bit of a wrestle with joy. Uh, This tends to be the case when you're preaching. Whatever you're getting ready to talk about uh, to other people, the Lord takes you on a journey through that first. That's how preaching works. And so I had a bit of a tangle with joy and, and you, you really can plan on facing every type of opposition that's possible before you preach on a topic. And so uh, I woke up Monday morning a little bit later than normal. Normally I'm a, I wake up very early in the morning and I didn't on Monday. And uh, by mid-morning I thought, I don't, I don't know if I'm feeling super great. Uh, by the afternoon I realized that I'd come down with a bit of a cold. Uh, now, Thank you. Appreciate that, Trace. The stories are true. Man cold is a thing. It's real. Uh, I, I'm a pretty resilient guy. I don't, there's not many things that hold me down too long. You can ask my wife. That's true. I'm, I'm kind of like, you just get up and make it happen. Whatever. But there's something about a cold. There's something about like having your face filled with all the gunk. It's like it's literally like kryptonite to me. It just takes me out, and I hate it. Anybody hate head colds? Like this is weird, but I think I would rather throw up for a day than have a cold for a week. Like no, those of you that have done that this season, I'm sorry. But colds are are brutal, and I and I hate them. And, and here's the beauty of Monday mornings. This is what my Monday morning, morning looks like. I, I prioritize two specific things on Monday morning. One is sermon prep and study and writing. And the second is, in this season, grading papers for a class I teach at Northwest University. And both of these things require a clear head, which I did not have on Monday morning. And so I started off just really, really great and uh, happy. And I just happened to be putting together a sermon on joy. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Now, from those of you that have walked through the bug, whether it be the actual that bug or the snot bug, how many of you would describe your experience as joyful? Oh, we got one back there. Loves being. Uh, Or maybe, maybe, maybe better yet. Maybe you have been uh, caring for your kids or your spouse or your husband who has the cold how would you describe that experience? <laughs> Probably not as one that's filled with, with joy. It, it seems kind of, uh, it seems a little bit ludicrous <laughs> to even connect to joy to these circumstances. But, but let's be honest, if you look around the room and if you know people in our church family right now, a head cold is the least of our worries. This is, this is trivial. A head cold is trivial, some of the things that we're walking through as a community and in our families and in our friendships are, are devastating and are overwhelming. And, and to think that joy is something that can be present in the middle, of that seems a bit crazy. But I want to I assert today that joy is available. Joy, joy is something that's, that's actually closer than you can imagine. Because it's not something that is necessarily connected to our circumstances. It's bigger than that. And that's why it's good news for us today. Let's let's look at the text. Chapter 1 of Luke, verse 5. We're going to look at a a story of a couple that had walked through experience themselves that may have been lacking a a bit of joy. I'll explain in a moment. Here's the text. In the time of Herod Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as a priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. So here's our story for this morning in Luke chapter 1, where we're introduced to Zechariah and Elizabeth, who from this description seem to be God-fearing, God-honoring people. Zechariah, he's this, this priest who served in the temple and they were faithful to the Lord in all of their duties. But the sad part of their story, as we just read, is that they were without children They didn't have any kids of their own. Elizabeth was apparently not able to conceive. And now at this point, even if she was able to conceive, the text describes them as very old. So that's not even in the realm of possibility anymore. Now now this this would have been no light thing for Zechariah and Elizabeth. Elizabeth. And that's still not a light thing when, when you have to walk through these realities. Because to have children in that context was to be connected to God and to be connected to God's blessing and God's mandate to go forth and multiply and fill the earth. And so to not have kids of your own, to not have an heir, to not have your own offspring would have been Connected to is that, am I under a curse? Is God not present with me? Does God not care? Has God turned his back? Women who were barren in the Old Testament, and you see these stories because there's a lot of them in the Old Testament, a lot of them connected to the miraculous work of God, actually. Women in the Old Testament would rather die, would have rather died than gone without kids. And an example of this is in Genesis 30. Jacob and Rachel are in an argument over kids and she says, give me children or I'll die. So Zechariah and Elizabeth had to live through their own fair share of, of pain and heartache and seasons where they probably questioned what joy could even look like in their life. And if you've walked through one yourself, you know what this feels like. What's, what is your story today? Think about your experience this morning. Think about the things that you have walked through. The things that you have carried. The, the weight on you or your family. The pain that you or your family has experienced or your loved ones have experienced. These things can make joy feel like kind of like a pipe dream. Like it's, it's somewhere out there. And I'm glad people have it, but it must be for them and not for me. In the middle of it all, Zechariah and Elizabeth, they remained faithful to their duties before the Lord. And Zechariah, who was a priest, was assigned to temple duty a couple of weeks a year and then they were there for all the festivals and during this particular assignment Zechariah got the lucky draw I mean they basically gambled to see whose turn was to go in and offer incense and so they draw straws they draw lots and here's Zechariah it's his turn to go in and this was an honorable amazing thing that he got to do and, and so it was his turn to go in and offer incense and, and this idea of offering incense maybe you're familiar with it but in our tradition we don't really do this so this might be Confusing. Uh, I want to show you a picture of this uh, because maybe you've seen this on a, a movie or a television show or maybe you grew up in the Catholic faith and this is more a part of the tradition. But here's the idea. You can find the instructions for this back in Leviticus and Exodus. Uh, to summarize, the priest, the job of the priest was to go in before the Lord and in the case of incense, offer prayers and sacrifices up to God. And so it was symbolic. As the smoke kind of rose, it was like the prayers of the people are rising up to God. So the priest would go in and light the incense and there would the prayers of the people of all of the nation of Israel would be rising up to the Lord. This, this was the system that God set up in the Old Testament. That the priest would function as this intermediary. They would stand between the people and And God, and they would be the ones that would come and offer the prayers to God. So, so why don't we do this anymore? Why don't we got our cool swingy thing? Probably wouldn't swing it like that, but (laughs) we don't do this anymore because of Advent. God showed up; Jesus became the great High Priest, and the old system was done away with, and a new covenant, a new promise, a new system was created where Jesus is the one who stands before the Father. He is our intermediary. He is our great high priest. And so we no longer have to go through an individual, a human individual. We actually can talk to God ourselves because of what Jesus has done for us. Anybody grateful for that today? That's, that's Advent made that possible. God's showing up, arriving to us made that a reality for us today. We don't need something to symbolize our prayers kind of going up to God. We just pray. Uh, To give you some homework, um, read Hebrews chapter eight or four through nine. Read the whole thing if you're feeling like ambitious today. It talks about Jesus being our high priest. Kind of answers some of these questions around what we're bringing up. But back to Luke one, because that's what we're talking about this morning. This is the scene Zechariah goes in, he's going in to offer the prayers of the people, and it says in verse 10 that the the people are gathered around outside, and what are they doing? They're praying. So so here is what happened in the story, verse 11. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. This is very common when somebody runs into an angel in the Old Testament. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid. Also, common from an encounter. Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. It's difficult to, to capture or to describe how jarring this event would have been. Remember, Zechariah, he served as this this go-between between between the people and God. And there was this God up there somewhere who he was offering prayers to. And this had been happening for some some time. In fact, this has been going on for hundreds of years. (laughs) Week after week, they're offering prayers up to God, but nothing was coming down. We just finished a series in Malachi. Anybody remember the Malachi series? That was the last time. That's the last book of the Old Testament. That was the last time that God spoke to His people. And four hundred plus years go by with nothing from heaven. Four hundred years of the priests going through these routines and rituals of we're offering our prayers. We have the incense thing going, and our prayers are going up to God. And we're waiting at the temple to to just see if, is God going to speak to us today, week. After week, year after year, century after century. Are you tracking with me how, how, like, this is crazy. This is a long time before they hear from the Lord. And then all of a sudden, the silence is broken. And it just happens to be Zechariah who gets to be in the temple on that day. God shows up miraculously through an angel to answer prayer and what I love about this is the angel is not showing up just to answer the prayers of the people although it happens it's not just to answer the prayers of the nation that had been going up year after year after year although that's what happens this is a very personal thing he answers Zechariah's prayer and I wonder and I this is conjecture so take it or leave it This isn't the text For somebody who'd been praying for a kid for so long And now they're very old How many do you think Zach, How many of you think Zechariah and Elizabeth were still praying for children I don't know You get into your like 60s, 70s And it's kind of like I don't think this is possible anymore Yet God shows up and answers their prayer. I've heard your prayers. I've heard your cries. It may not have been today, but I've heard them, and I'm here to answer them. Again, how jarring this would have been for Zechariah! Like, oh. I mean, he's talking to an angel, and now the angel's saying, "I got some like stuff for you, dude. This is amazing." It's a prayer to have a son and an heir. And notice the angel explains that the gift will be a great joy and delight. And that the people will rejoice at this amazing news. And beyond that, his son, his son will be set apart. Set apart, filled with the Holy Spirit to carry out this heavenly assignment to prepare the way for who? Jesus needless to say this would have been so much to take in like if you and i are in this story we're probably on our face like i quit i can't even stand right now what an angel talking to me i'm having a kid my kid's gonna be filled with the holy spirit and is gonna prepare the. what are you sure And I love how this plays out because this is how you and I would have handled it too. This is his response. Verse 18, Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is wise in her years. I think Zechariah had some wisdom, maybe. <laughs> In other words, like, angel, this is incredible news. Like, this is going to change our life type of news. This is phenomenal information that you are giving to me right now. Like, poof, type of information. I'm, I'm a little overcome, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, Angel angel, here's the thing, angel, I'm not sure how what you're saying can actually happen. See what Zechariah did? He took this supernatural revelation, put it into his old computer, and his computer looked at the natural world and said, that doesn't actually happen. Things like that don't happen. Let me help you understand how things happen in the natural world. Again, he took this supernatural revelation, brought it to the natural world and he couldn't see the possibility. And I would suggest, I would suggest this morning that this is something that you and I struggle with on a regular basis. Believing that God still operates supernaturally. That... that, The God of the universe who stepped out of heaven, walked amongst us, was crucified on a cross, placed in a tomb for three days and stood up again. We have trouble believing that God still operates supernaturally, that he can still bring what's dead to life, that he can still resurrect things that in the natural were like, that's not possible, it's way gone. We have trouble believing this because... Because we take it in to our old computer and we go, uh, I hear you. But you don't know what my life is like. You don't know what my spouse is like. You don't know what my kids are like. You don't know what the world is like. Have you been here in 2022? I'm not sure that that works. Are you with me in what I'm saying right now? Verse 19, the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent And not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words. Which will come true at their appointed time. Now, I literally, I'm I'm genuinely laughing. Every time I read this story, it makes me laugh. And I've read this story so many different times. Because I just picture the angel Gabriel talking to Zechariah. And Zechariah's response is I don't know how this is going to work. And I just I just picture Gabriel going like What's not computing right now? I I stand in the presence of God. And I'm an angel if you miss that. Like what I'm How is this not working out, Mr. Zechariah? I have been given an amazing mission, human. Here's the mission I was hanging out in the presence of God, and God's like, I've got a mission for you. You're gonna go tell that guy down there some pretty awesome news. And I'm like, sweet, this is gonna be great. And then I show up with this incredible news, and I drop it in your lap. You've been crying out for this, by the way. I'm answering your prayer. Here you go. And your response to me is, how? Not, ah. Here's what's going to happen, Zechariah. I'm just going to make you not talk for a little bit because it's going to serve everybody in this situation. (laughs) Let's just shut your mouth because... Everybody will benefit. And by the way, I'm going to carry this out anyway. Because God spoke it to me. I'm delivering it to you and what God says happens. Whether you can believe it right now or not, it's going to happen. Because remember the whole presence of God thing? Yeah. This is the story. Isn't that amazing? And as the story unfolds, Strangely enough, Zechariah and Elizabeth, who are very old, have a child. And they go ahead and they name him John, which is not something they would have done traditionally. They wouldn't name their child John. They would name them after the father. But I think Zechariah woke up a little bit and is like, I think I'm going to pay attention to the angel's voice now. So we're going to name our son John. And crazy enough, John grew up to be somebody who we know as John. Who did what? Prepared the way for Jesus. So here's what I want to consider. This morning, in light of this text, this story. What, what if... this is hard because I know your stories and I know what you're walking through and to say what I'm about to say seems like an affront to the story because <laughs> I know what you've walked in. I know what you walked through. But what if, because I believe this with my whole heart, what if joy is knocking on the door today? A joy that that is, a, is actually a supernatural thing that is given to us by the Spirit of God that doesn't make sense in the natural but is closer than we could possibly imagine? What if, what if joy comes down to choosing to believe that our God holds the universe has made a way for us to know him, has given us himself, and can give us a power beyond what we can actually generate ourselves. What if? What if this is the story? What if it's true in the the face of overwhelming circumstances that you can have an abiding joy that doesn't make the circumstance change or go away, doesn't make it any easier, but you can be held by joy in the middle of it. What if? (laughs) I want to take a few minutes to watch something together. It's a music video, and this is very unorthodox (laughs) for what we do on a Sunday morning. Um, But there's this song that uh, For King and Country wrote anybody know this this group in 2018 and the song's titled joy and and it's a song my kids love so it's constantly in my head because they just they can talk to echo and alexa and all that and it's like it's gonna get a hammer soon but um so they they love this song they love to dance to this song and so I looked up, I wanted to see if there was a music video to it, and that sure enough, there was. And this music video is so powerful in what it communicates about joy. And it's amazing in light of the world that we live in today, the encouragement that it can be to us as we navigate what we're navigating. So let's watch this together. I hope that it encourages you this morning. Somebody liked it. <laughs> here's, the, uh, here's the amazing truth uh, of Advent today. <clears throat> Just like Zechariah has this encounter with an angel, the supernatural encounter with an angel that literally changed his story and Elizabeth's story forever. <laughs> Advent is is exactly the same. God showed up supernaturally. He put on flesh. He entered our world. And He offered Himself to us. He offered the gift of Himself. And so we actually are never really far away uh, from joy. Joy is always present because Jesus is present. And this isn't something that you muster up. This isn't something that in the midst of your trying circumstance that you can make happen. It's truly a gift that is given to you by the Holy Spirit. Because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. This is available to all of us in the midst of everything that we experience in our experiencing not just... <laughs> This holiday, but every holiday to come, and the thing that is is amazing to me about the Advent story and what we believe, who we believe Jesus to be, we're talking about eternal things. So guess what? Bodies are gonna waste away, things are gonna fall apart.